Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Matt. Hey, what's up? We talk about movies on this show. This is the show where we talk about new movies. We go out to the movies, we see stuff, we come back, we talk about them. Kong Skull Island, which is the new mm-hmm. reboot of King Kong, which is part of the, the monster verse that they're building right now, which includes Godzilla. We will start this review spoiler free, uh, and we will warn you before we go into spoilers. Uh, I'm not sure how that'll that'll break up in this one specifically because mm-hmm. uh, it's not a plot heavy movie. I would say not at all. Yeah, it's very it's very pulp in that that it's action set piece by action set piece. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there's some spoiler things we'll want to talk about, but I, yeah. I, I feel like it won't. I feel like the spoiler side is usually the heaviest part. You know, it'll be mm-hmm. you know ten minutes of spoiler free, then a lot of spoilers. And I feel like with this yeah. one, it might be more fifty fifty or even way more spoiler free but yeah but yeah so this is uh this is where we're at it's got a pretty impressive cast list you got yeah. tom hiddleston you got samuel jackson you get real arson uh they also have tony kebble for some reason uh yeah john goodman john goodman of course he's good who somehow like he's aging backwards almost because he looks way better here than he did in the 90s so, yeah, he's, he's lost a lot of weight recently, because uh, yeah. this and... Who else did I see him in this past week or so? Oh, oh God, that's going to annoy me. I saw him in something, yeah. like, like literally a week or two ago. Oh, maybe, maybe it was the Atomic Blonde trailer. I saw him. <laughs> that's that's probably it. It might have been that. It might have been the Atomic Blonde trailer. Cause I, yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised with how well he's keeping up, you know? Because in Red State, he looked like hell. Uh, I, I, that I think, was five, I, six years ago. I, I think he probably had a scary conversation with his doctor. His mm-hmm. doctor probably said, look, you're getting to that age where your oh. current condition is going to be uh, damaging, shall we say, to your yeah. health. And you, you may want to think about shaping up. And to his credit, he is shaped up. He's looking much healthier. It's good. Now we get him in, in roles like this in 10 Cloverfield Lane. So... You know, he's showing up in movies that I tend to like. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, Atomic Blonde looks kind of interesting. But we're mm-hmm. not talking about that. We're, we're talking about uh, this. Yeah. Uh, obviously, John C. Riley is probably the other big uh, name that we haven't mentioned. I was actually really not sure what to expect from this in the sense that... Obviously, it's a, it's a fresh reboot. It wasn't... They're not calling it King Kong purely just to sort of stick out and not be just another movie called King Kong. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were going to Skull Island. Well, duh, because it's in the name. Yeah. Well, it was originally called Skull Island. Uh, when we first started talking about mm. it in, in another iteration of the show, uh, it was it was very much Skull Island, and it was very much a period piece. Not that this one's not, because this is set post-Vietnam. Like, right post-Vietnam. Oh, yeah. It was, set in like, it was set in, like, the 20s. So, over the course of development, it changed a bunch. Well, I, I think I, I don't actually remember it being set in the twenties, but if if it was, then I I think that was maybe a result of them going, wait a minute, we want to tie this into Godzilla, and the twenties yeah. is too too long ago. <laughs> that doesn't quite well, work. Yeah. By the way, I'm still annoyed that it's called Kong Colon Skull. Island. Just call it Skull Island. It's, it's, yeah. it's stupid. Uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue anymore. So I wasn't sure what to expect from this because even though okay, we're going to Skull Island, it's not the traditional King Kong story. They're not doing the actress who's out there to make a movie, they're not doing any of that, and I was like, it doesn't seem like they're going to do the whole third act in New York stuff mm-hmm. either. So I wasn't sure where it was going to like bring in some of these classic elements. Cause, mm-hmm. And obviously, watching the movie, it, it takes. It's obviously, it's when you see the trailer, you think a bit about Vietnam because you see soldiers in the seventies, yep. and it, it. And honestly, after watching it, there was a lot of apocalypse now. Uh, a lot imaging going on in this. Oh. Uh, with the helicopters, the the dropping the bombs the, and all the rest the of it. The boat, yeah, 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 even, even the boat, yeah. The boat. You even got that homage where you see an explosion going off in the reflection of the aviator sunglasses. Yeah. So you know, and I actually put into the plot a lot more than I thought it would because Samuel L. Jackson's character's whole thing is that he he's kind of the, the 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 character from Apocalypse Now. The uh, was it Kurtz? Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of Colonel Kurtz, but he doesn't go native. He's, you know, he's a he's a knight without a cause, kind of because they're shipping him home. 
And the oh, yeah, reason yeah. he takes he, this job is to stay active. Yeah, he, he's actually happy he's got another job. Everyone else is looking forward yeah. to going home. Oh, Vietnam's exactly. done. We're going to go back. And he's he's determined to... Uh, have another job have a purpose and he yeah. gets a little bit too into that purpose uh, and that's he's kind <laughs> yeah. of the human antagonist in the movie which is yes. which works well for him but so so we have these we're introduced to all the, all the characters you, you have uh, uh, Brie Larson who's the photographer you have Tom Hilson mm. who's the tracker uh, John Goodman's the scientist who's like sort of wanting to do the whole thing uh, and that's They're all very archetypical like they all are kind of not that the characters are one note but like you can just describe them in one word, like you're doing now. There's not a lot. Which of, I like. There's not a lot of depth to them, it, and yeah. I think that's by design. It's because it is very pulpy, and that's kind of part of it. There's no great character arc for anyone. Uh, the closest that comes to a character arc really is the realization that Kong's a good guy, and maybe we should help him. That is that's kind of the whole yeah. thing. Uh, but that actually works kind of well in this movie because Kong's the reason why we're here and we all like him so having characters decide that oh maybe he's not a bad guy is actually it at least puts them on a, in a sense where they're coming over to our side of thinking and as a result of that they don't feel antagonistic to us so right. uh, but as, as far as the movie, I, I think uh, I think it's pretty enjoyable I, I think it's fun and the monster uh, stuff is quite good there's some really nice shots of Kong I think there's some of us in the trailer with the, the, the sun behind him as the helicopters are coming yeah. towards him there's some great visual moments like that mm-hmm. at the same time I don't think it's uh, like amazing it doesn't sort of reinvent the wheel it's kind of solid monster movie fun uh, without doing anything particularly uh, you know like super new and exciting it, it's kind of dependent yeah. on it's almost the counterpoint to Godzilla, whereas we get to see Kong early and often, right? And it's more about the island than it is about any of the characters, whereas Godzilla was the Jaws approach, and let's keep him hidden and make great moments out of you know his actions, and we're going to follow this one character and how Godzilla's impacted him. It was and, I, and I like that because it makes it... That makes them stand out, even though they're part of the same series. Yeah, Godzilla was treated more as of a disaster movie, where mm-hmm. everything's going wrong. Whereas this, this early on, it's like no, it's Kong fighting various things. You know, there's various other monsters <laughs> on the on the island which we run into. Some menacing, some not as menacing. And yeah, you could have almost called it Kong fights because Kong fights helicopters, Kong fights you know skull crawlers, Kong fights you know, massive other monsters. So that's why I liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I just, I, I think, uh, like, I'm going to watch this again. I'm going to have fun watching mm-hmm. it again. I, I just, but it is what it is. It's a, it's a very pulpy, yeah. not, not super deep by any means. Like there's nothing. No, uh, it's an adventure. Like it's a, it's a throwback. It's not really a throwback though, but it is of that, adventure movies where we're going to put people in danger and they're not all going to make it because they all don't need to make it. As long as, you know, four of your people get out, then it's kind of a success. It very much is like a... As much as I said Godzilla's more of a disaster movie, this feels a little bit like a disaster movie in the sense that you have like a body count. Like there's... You have this big large cast of characters and then slowly they start dying and I will say this, it's not obvious who's going to make it to an extent. I mean, there's one or two obvious ones but there's some surprising deaths. Yeah. Bringing helicopters was a a nice new touch too because it allows you to have that many people. And each one of them, it kind of creates two or three groups that you're following because of the crashes and whatnot. So, oh, yeah. I'd say about half the movie's about the separated groups try to come back together after the initial kind of, oh, crap, there's monsters. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do? And, yeah, and through that, you get to experience the island in different sections. And I just, I thought that was well executed. Like the certain shots of, of like the, the giant water buffalo that you see in the trailer. Uh, just the interaction with that, I thought it was handled really cool because there's a sense of wonder coming from one group of characters and there's a sense of, well, we got to protect ourselves coming from the soldiers. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it juxtaposes those points of view quite well because you have the one that is more like, oh, these are animals who aren't necessarily dangerous, they aren't necessarily right. evil or whatever. And then you've got the soldiers, especially Samuel L. Jackson, who's like, oh, these are the enemy, yeah. we have to... Uh, it, it's almost like he, he didn't get to win Vietnam, so he's determined to win this. That's And that that's how I felt, because they even touch on that, that the war wasn't lost, it was abandoned. Yeah. I think his character says that. Yeah, Simon says it, yeah. Yeah, so he's basically taking taking it out on the inhabitants of Skull Island. Uh, yeah. and not not the natives, but definitely the creatures. It's kind of funny though cuz it, it it does actually align with that like what what Vietnam was in and of itself yeah. because he he comes in and thinks there's a war that he needs to intervene in. Whereas there's, I mean, there's, the idea is that there's, a, there's always been a war on the island between Kong and the other monsters. It's a war that's right. going on, and it's their own war. And then, oh no, U.S. Army comes in and is like, "No, we're going to win this war for X side," kind of thing. Like, right. there's definitely some parallels to draw there between that and actual Vietnam. Yeah, which, definitely. Which uh, is perhaps maybe a bit more depth than uh, the movie's really trying to go for. But it's this because I feel like a lot it's of it, there. a lot of it is just. Uh, Oh, we wanted seventies rock music because there's a lot of seventies rock music. Yeah, uh, playing well, you can't it. have you can't have Vietnam War movies without Fortunate Son, hmm. and and some of the other. I think it was uh, Black Sabbath, Paranoid, or is it War Pigs that they're blasting from the helicopters? Mm. Yeah, which again, yeah. A, a little bit of Predator vibes there as they're yeah. playing the music as they're coming in. Yeah. And that's so. What I'm digging about the director Jordan Vo Roberts is. He's not afraid to go with that. Like he knows, like people are gonna pick up on these different uh, pieces from other movies, and he's fine with that. And I think amongst these newer filmmakers, they want to make something that's gonna stand out on its own. But I think he realized that Kong's not the time to stand out. It's just kind of let's assemble it, let it do what it needs to do, and then he can do that in his next one. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. I, th- I think the, I-, I think if you're going to complain about this movie, I think some some people have complained about the the characters not having as much depth as they want. Uh, it's... F- for me, that's not a huge issue in this because it's ca- mm-hmm. it is very reminiscent of th- those types of movies where the characters aren't that big a deal. It's by design. It's shallow by design. And again, I didn't personally. I didn't go in looking for more. I just wanted to see. Kong messed stuff up, and if we get some cool character arcs along the way, awesome. But yeah, I was with the with the cast. You kind of want to see certain actors do more, like not that they were wasted, but like Hiddleston's this tracker guy, and you kind of want to see him do some suave things. Like you kind of when yeah. you're introduced to him, he gets this really cool moment where he takes out people with a pool cue. And then he doesn't do anything that cool for the rest of the movie. You never really see him track anything. No. No, it's more we it, need to get to point A, yeah. from point A to point B. It basically boils down to we're going in that direction, and that's it. There's never any actual tracking of a creature or anything like that. It's kind of... No, but he does have, like, rainforest training, so I can I can rationalize it. While they're not exactly tracking... He's keeping them from getting lost. Oh, I know, but that's, that's, that's how they introduce them, though. And it, it never feels like it's a factor. It never really feels like it's uh, something that they actually bring into the movie. Uh, what I will say about the characters that is is kind of good, at least in their limited sense, is that I feel like they all feel kind of memorable. Not not in their names. I can't remember a single name after seeing the movie. Yeah. Not in that sense. But they, they all had their own little things that I remembered about them. Uh, yeah. Like right away, like Brie Larson's attitude towards war and her her stuff like that, and her sort of uh, not not feeling at a place with the soldiers, like she could hold her own and doesn't feel like she's uh, the damsel who's been like carried along to the the mission. Uh, well, she she takes the job. She wants to go uh, as she was embedded in Vietnam, you know. And there's there's tension between her and the soldiers because the soldiers feel like people like her cost them public support you know mm. so the fact that she's there with them and they're supposed to be on the same side 
added some cool tension. But the, the point I'm making is, though, is that they all have that kind of one thing where you, I kind of remember yeah. what they're like. And I, I think that's maybe... It may not even really be in the script. It may actually be just more by the fact that you've cast a good set of actors to kind of carry your movie yeah. when the roles really aren't that deep or have much there to do anything. But because you have dependable people just kind of who have the charisma to hold the screen so that you're not going, oh, when's the monsters coming back? You don't mind yeah. so much because it is good actors and they are they know how to keep, keep you inter, inter, entertained yeah. and interested and stuff. Yeah, that, so. that is a really good point because none of them are too over the top until you get to a certain character, which I'm sure we'll work our way to. And spoilers, you know? yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, they, they do. It's, it's not that they're, they're over the top, but they're interesting enough to keep you from going, oh, what, what are we looking at next here? Which it could have easily fallen into. Yeah. So I didn't think about that until, until you brought it up. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, But I, I would agree there's, there's maybe some more you could have done with a couple of them. It, it does kind of feel like... I wonder if stuff was cut out. Because like when yeah. you get to the end of the movie, I feel like there's not... Was was there more of some of this stuff? Was there more of Hiddleston doing his tracking? Was there more... Because yeah. I, I, feel like, I feel like Brie Larson was pointing her camera a lot. But once she actually got to the island and she was confronted with monsters, there was very little yeah. actual clicking of said camera yeah. to take photos, which was, I thought was really weird. Granted... <laughs> granted... Granted, when you're being chased down by large monsters, you're not thinking about turning around the camera and oh, no, I'm pointing thinking, at them. I'm thinking yeah. before that, though, there was, like, yeah. and the helicopter coming towards Kong, she's pointing at it, and she never takes yeah. the photo. Uh, later on, with this, the friendlier creature, she's pointing her camera, but she never yeah. really takes the photo. It was just weird. True. She kept doing it, and it was really sticking out to me. True. True. It was just <laughs> odd. Also, there's the scientists that are going along kind of get lost. That was my, my main thing, is... I feel like there should be more with them of the two main, the biologist and geologist that are tagging along with Goodman. Um, yeah, but they, they kind of just drifted into the background. Yeah. Uh, one, one of them, funnily enough, was uh, Holt's husband from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was one of the Landsat guys, which that was kind of distracting because that's who I know him as Yeah. Uh, from, from Nine-Nine. But yeah, yeah they, they just kind of drift to the background and the soldiers take more precedent, which again, I wonder if something got cut see actually to not. an extent so john goodman as well i feel like he had such a great big introduction he had he was the driving force to get them to the island yeah. he was the one who came in and gave his sales pitch and got the the funding and whatever uh, but once they actually got to the island it felt like he was just kind of tagging around until mm-hmm. whenever like that that, that that it just it kind of felt weird that he wasn't more of a driving force once they landed on the ground it, it kind of felt like samuel jackson confronts him at one point and then after that it's just kind of he's just there yeah uh so it does have some weird uh, mystery. She's a character like that. But uh, uh, John C. Riley is probably the closest the film has to a heart. Uh, yeah. Which is surprising because he was the most worrying part of the trailer, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he's good for some laughs. He's the tension breaker throughout. He does have that, but he also has a bit of... He does add a bit of heart. I and mean, we can't really talk about why until we get to... Spoilers, no, no, no. But... And that's, that's why I said when he does add the laughs. Yeah. Is... There's a certain tragedy to him because he's been there for so long, and but the he'll follow that tragedy up with a joke of some kind, uh, and I just I really appreciate that, especially coming from John C. Reilly, who is a really really good actor, but I think it's bogged down in that he's been in so many Will Ferrell movies. People forget how great he really is. Yeah, that, that's the that's where his that's, stigma comes from for me. I think because I don't like yeah, Will Ferrell I, it movies. Does, but yeah, but you you forget he was in Gangs of New York and The Aviator and these big, I know those are two Scorsese movies, but you know, once upon a time he was a serious actor that just happens to be really good at comedy. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think that's all there. I, I think some, some things I'll praise for it. There was no, there was no forced love story. Which I, you really thought they might do between Hilston and Larson? It felt like early on they had like a small moment, like oh, they're going to be doing this whole movie, and it's it actually didn't. It wasn't there. It nope. was uh, maybe there was like a seed there for later if they wanted to pursue something, but it was it wasn't forced down your throat by any means. No. So, or yeah. even between her and Kong, really too, because you think she's the the yeah, not the actress, but but I mean, there's a. Of a, there's an acknowledgement between her and Kong, but it's more like an appreciation for the beauty of nature. As a photographer, you you get that from her, but like it yeah. doesn't go to that territory like Jackson's did. 
Yeah, they, they, they don't play it. They don't play it like uh, an obsession from Kong. Like, oh, he's obsessed with this right. woman, and uh, it doesn't come off like that at all. Kong here is very much a sort of more maybe noble's not the right word. <laughs> no. he's, more, he's not interested in like a romance. Certainly, I mean, no. you could argue what, what was Big King Kong going to do anyway with these romance? He's, he's yeah, so big. But here, here doesn't feel like that. Here. It's it's very much like Godzilla, actually. They play him like this hero who's there to protect and just have balance between the the more evil monsters. And Uh, and I feel that Kong feels more put upon. Like, I just want to be left alone and I keep being attacked. Whereas Godzilla was very proactive. Like, this is his job. I'm going to be really good at it. Take down a few buildings. But Kong just... You just see him kind of wandering around trying to find quiet. And as... As a grumpier person, I relate to that. Honestly, definitely. that was kind of my favourite part of the Kong stuff, was that the, we'd see him a couple of times just in his off time. Like, he's, he's not there to fight yeah. every time. Sometimes he's just there right. having his dinner. And that right. was that was kind of entertaining, and that was cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but no, I I, uh, I think I think we probably need to go into spoilers soon, but mm-hmm. I will say it, uh, it it's, it's fun and pulpy. And if you want a monster movie where there's monster fighting and the effects are generally pretty good, uh, yeah. and when I say generally, I'm not actually saying that Kong always looks great. There's actually other things that I think don't look that good. Uh, one of my pet peeves with uh, CG mm-hmm. that comes up a couple of times in this is uh, CG mist or smoke. Yeah. And I don't mean smoke like smoke is fine when it's like coming from like a, a fire like see there's a building on fire and there's like a big plume of smoke that looks fine usually in CG that looks fine mm-hmm. uh, I'm talking about like smoke that someone walks through and it's like all misty yeah. uh, there's a scene in the middle of this where uh, the characters are walking through smoke but the smoke is pretty much all entirely CG and it really took yeah. me out at the moment because it feels really fake uh, yeah because well no one's really reacting to it they're just kind of yeah. walking through and not not look like they're trying to clear it to see better or whatnot. Would you think they would try? Yeah. And then yeah. there was a couple of moments with Mist as well. That uh, it, the Mist moment was weird because there's, there's a moment with Mist where Kong's also on screen and Kong looks great, but this Mist in front of him makes it look like shit <laughs> because it looks really yeah. obviously CG. And it's like, how did you get the, the 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 giant ape with all the fur looking this good, <laughs> and then the the stupid Mist? You couldn't get a dry ice machine on set, <laughs> pumped yeah. it into the frame. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, but yeah, so that, that would be. Obviously, that's a minor complaint, but it's it's there. Uh, but no, it, it's it's fun. You've got a big cast of good, dependable actors, uh, sort of keeping the characters from being completely forget. Because I, I think if you had cast this with no names, or you'd cast it with people who weren't that interesting, it would yeah. the characters would have been even would, would have been more of a problem. But I think because. Right. They are all dependable. It reminds it does remind me of disaster movies of the seventies and stuff. When you'd have like, because Towering Inferno is not exactly a earth-shaking a plot. Yeah. No, I mean I like it a lot, but it's not. It's not like yeah. the characters have a lot of arcs. It's just you yeah. have a lot of good actors, the best of their time. In fact, I mean you look at the cast mm-hmm. list for that movie. You get like Paul yeah. Newman and well, that's, yeah, this is very much an ensemble, so and it fits in with those, and that's probably by design, knowing. How much based off of seventies films this was? Oh yeah, it feels old school. It feels old yeah. school, but with obviously modern effects. Yeah, uh, and even a couple of moments of dark humor, which I I can't talk about until we get to uh, yeah spoilers. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, all right. So let's get spoilers in. That's full spoilers so, from this point we're, on. We're, we're going Kong. through the storm in the helicopters. No point in no return. Where do I want to start with this? All right. So Samuel Jackson's character. His whole thing. You mean Captain Ahab? <laughs> all he wants to do is, is destroy Kong? Yeah, for almost no reason. And I say almost no reason, obviously some soldiers die. But And what I like yeah. about the whole Kong like coming up at the start and like hitting all the helicopters down is that he is provoked because they're dropping these, these charges, these bombs, so, yeah. uh, to map, the, map the, the surface of the island. And Kong's like, hell no! And he comes up and he starts like smashing helicopters out of the sky because mm-hmm. he doesn't really care about what he's doing he's just like no you're not bombing right. my place stop it yeah. and 
Jackson, we, we see that he's already got all these dog tags from the soldiers that he's lost in the right. war, and now he's got these new dog tags from all these fresh bodies, and he's like, we're going to kill that thing, we can win this war, blah, blah, blah. And he's obsessed to the point of villainy, where he, he's, he, he, he ignores everything else, he ignores the fact that, oh, they have to, because they, they stay multiple times in this movie, it's, it's got a good actual uh, ticking time bomb element, where yeah. they have to get to the north end of the island by this time on this day, because that's when the storm frees up a bit to let the, uh, the other choppers in to Right. It's actually to refuel them, but in this case, it's the rescue because right. when they get there, it's just going to be whoever's left to actually get on the on the stuff. But mm-hmm. so he he like goes off script. He he goes hunting for Kong, despite the fact that it means him and whoever goes with them probably won't make it. And regardless of what's going on, but of course, over the course of the movie, uh, we we see that the, the other characters realize that Kong's not a bad guy. You know, Kong he helps the uh, the, the creature who's stuck under the uh, the helicopter. Uh, yeah, that Brie Larson for some reason she she thought she was already Captain Marvel. She was trying to lift up a helicopter on her own. I thought the same exact thing. I was going, "You're you're in the wrong movie." Now, I know Loki. I know I know Loki and Nick Fury are kicking yeah. about, but you're not not yeah. there yet. You're not there yet. Yeah, uh, but definitely. So. And and what got me too is I thought that it was pretty smart that at first it makes it look like his character is going after their one lost captain who's trying to get home to his kid. Yeah, Toby, uh, played, Toby Kebbles. Played Toby Kebbles. And and then after you kind of find out Kebble didn't make it, and I thought was – I laughed when, when that happened. I don't know if I was supposed to, but um, so, one of the monsters spits out his skull and dog tags yeah, after I, it had eaten him. I think some people complained that they, they spend so much time in him writing a letter to his son, and it feels like they kind of – it was like there for a swerve because, like, oh, you think – uh, and then he dies. But honestly, all I can see when I look at him is Victor Von Doom from that horrible Fantastic yeah. Four movie. So I was kind of happy when he, he got so, snuffed. <laughs> so I talked to you about this after we'd seen the movie. So I was like, yeah, but Toby, Toby Kebbell's pretty good. And then I was like, I've liked him in other things I've seen. I pulled up what else he's been in. Mm-hmm. Outside of the last eight movies where he was, you know, the antagonist ape Koba, I really didn't enjoy those movies. So mm. I don't know what it is about Toby Kebbell, but I like him. Maybe I just I feel bad that he had to be in Fantastic Four. He's in a pretty decent episode of Black Mirror. And there was that one, but I figured there had to be more than that. And there really hasn't been. So, yeah. I, I liked him here. And I really wanted him to get home to see his son, but that wasn't his, his role. Um, actually, what one of my favorite characters in this, actually? His name is Cole. He's, he's played by an actor who I've seen in a lot of stuff. Uh, Shea Wiggum. Shea Wiggum. He's, he's in a bunch of stuff. He was in a... It was in a horror movie, actually, it was when I first saw him, uh, way back, uh, called Splinter. Uh, that was about, oh, that's about nine years old now. Uh, but he's popped on all that stuff. He's in Agent Carter, and he was, he's been popped up in various movies. I think, I think he was, he was in Boardwalk Empire and True Detective. He pops on a lot of TV he's, shows. He's a character actor. Yeah. But, but he, he's that guy. He's also, I always, for a split second, every time I see him, though, and I do this every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, is that Steve Zahn? No, no, it's him from Splinter. Like every time, every time, because he's got this very similar look look to him. But he, I really like him. He's 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 kind of perfect as the gruff guy who uh, doesn't give a shit, but ultimately will sacrifice himself. Uh, and his yeah. death scene was really really dark humor because so they yeah. set up the whole skull crawlers, which are these evil monsters that actually stay under the surface. Uh, which yeah. they actually they actually set up throughout the whole movie that all these big monsters come from the surface. It's these ancient beings when everyone was huge, and there's still there's still some right. left. Which we'll get to the post credit scene later, but that sets up yeah. where other things are coming from. And they so they set this up, and it's like oh that that one that we've seen that attacked is at first like they came up at all because Kong's weaker. That like Kong being around stops them from coming up. But there's the the mummy one, the big one that's going to come up when when she thinks Kong is down and out. Right, and it eventually comes up because it thinks Kong's weak. Because uh, of course Sam Jackson like burns Kong nearly half to death. Yeah, uh, so he is weaker, and so they're running from this this thing who's this perfect killing machine. They're running right. away from him, and Cole turns around. He's like, yeah, "Run, guys!" And he pulls out two grenades, and he's like, this badass moment. And instead of like letting off the grenades just as he's about to get bitten or whatever. The, the skull crawler whips him with his tail and makes him fly off into a cliff and then he explodes like miles away from him. And it's yeah. it's a really, really dark but funny moment. 
uh, I, I think it's intentionally funny. I've, I've seen some debating as to whether or not this was intentional humour, or if it was meant to play as a really, like, oh no. Like, no, that was meant to be funny. No, it was, it's an oh shit moment. Like, oh, you think this is how it's going to go down? Oh shit. Uh, yeah, you kind of chuckle and then it moves, but it's handled it really nice. well. Just it's... with the effects and whatnot, too. Because you see the explosion go off and go, oh, well. <laughs> that did nothing. Glad you <laughs> s- sacrificed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so so what I was saying earlier on about the, the, the arc of the characters. I know there isn't really character arcs beyond the fact that, that Larson and then eventually uh, Hiddleston, because they're both together when they sort of see Kong up close yeah. and she puts her hand up against his head or whatever right. part of it was. Uh and he seemed friendly, and they basically realize, all right, we're going to we're going to save Kong, and uh, and I think I think the reason why that works as well as it does, despite the fact that it is, there isn't much to it, is because yeah, we we do like we're here for Kong, we like Kong, and we see that he's yep. sympathetic. He saves other monsters. He's there to save mm-hmm. people, and he doesn't go out of his way to kill things. Uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of that same thing with. Uh, like Jerry, you always like sympathise with the dog in a movie more than the char- yeah. more than the human characters. It's kind of like that almost, where you care more about Kong than you do them. So the fact that they make it their mission to try and save Kong, and they make Kong the damsel, as it were, actually yeah. works for us because kind of yeah, there's definitely a role reversal here because as that last battle fights, you are rooting for Kong even more because you've seen what he's gone through and what he means to this island. Um, because the natives do hold him up like a god because he protects them from these skull crawlers. Which, by the so, way, I like that. I like, I like the, obviously the whole idea that the natives worship Kong. Mm-hmm. I always liked, but I actually really liked that in this version they weren't like sacrificing a woman to him, right? Because it made them a lot more sort of sympathetic. They seemed like kind people because mm-hmm. they took in. John, and we'll talk about John C. Riley's character in a minute, but yeah, they took him in. Right. For years, for decades, even, and they, they seem like genuinely nice people, and that, yeah. that's cool. Like, cause I, I never got that, and it, I think the reason why that that works so well is if we're setting up Kong as a proper hero, mm-hmm. the fact that the, the people who are worshiping him are worshiping him for the right reasons, and they're not sacrificing people. Because I, th- I think even if Kong was still a hero, the fact that people were sacrificing someone to him yeah. would feel it would, it would color your judgment of him a little bit. Right, and it Definitely. does, and I, I I think taking that out was actually quite a smart move, in that sense. Yep, I, uh, I agree there. So that's it. and that's actually why I think that uh, come Godzilla versus King Kong, I mm-hmm. think that it's going to play out more like a superhero thing now, where they'll fight it first, but right. there needs there needs to be an actual villain. There needs to be right. uh, another monster that's more dangerous that actually wants to just kill everything, and yeah. they realize, oh shit. We need to team up. Uh, yep. and I'm actually looking forward to how they communicate that. Like, how how mm-hmm. do they visually show that Kong and Godzilla are are like? Yeah. Do they nod at each other? Do they, you know, something like that? Whatever. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. Well, and we also get that this is set in the 70s. That he's still he's not fully grown. They mention that Kong's still a youngster. Uh, yeah, because he's already one of the biggest versions of Kong in the movies. Oh yeah. So. He's got some growing to do, which is exciting. Because they they, 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 they they mention that his parents aren't really that long dead, and we see the skeletons right. of the parents. I mean, they have to be dead for a while, otherwise they'd still be flesh and stuff. But right. then, then again, the skull eaters might have been eating them or something, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, ecosystem takes care of that real real quick. Yeah, because so. obviously, because this whole thing with John C. Reilly's character, we, we open the movie where he crash lands in World War Two with a Japanese yep. soldier, uh, and that, that was a nice thing actually when we run into him in present day well I say 70s yeah. present day for the movie yeah uh, we find him in the Japanese soldier who we start the movie almost in a sort of comedy set piece of them trying to shoot each other and missing yeah like it's almost then, it's funny yeah yeah and then the Japanese pilot pulls a sword and it becomes you know a chase through the jungle yeah and... it's comical it's, it's, it's slapstick yeah. almost at times yep. uh, but we find out that after they realise there's giant monsters and oh shit this is dangerous we find out that they became best friends and they've been together yeah. for years until the Japanese soldier eventually uh, died from one of the monsters Right. Uh, but I, I thought that was kind of sweet it was kind of a, uh, a simple because I, I think 
A, it's nice. It kind of sets up the whole thing of the movie where they realise Kong's their friend. He's not... like right. You're misunderstanding this thing and treating it like an enemy when you shouldn't be. And the, the whole idea of this, the two op- opposing sides of World War Two becoming friends uh, by the time the soldiers from Vietnam get there, uh, I think right. it's a, a nice touch. Uh, but it yeah. also it adds to the heart of John C. Riley where him talking with respect about his friend, about his and the fact that he walks around with his katana and pulls it out at right. the... At key moments is is great, uh, so but yeah. yeah, so he he's he's telling them yeah we shouldn't walk through here. This is dangerous. You don't go west. You don't go west on yeah. this island. East is best. West is worst. We have a saying, which <laughs> no one else in no one else on the island speaks. Like that's part of the thing is that he understands them because he's lived with them for thirty years. Yeah, but we never see any of the natives speak. So when he says we have a saying, it's like no, you have a saying and you've been here, so we should listen to you. So yeah, he's trying to give them advice. He's trying to talk about we shouldn't go in this direction, but Samuel Jackson and his soldiers, mainly Jackson, because even to, later on when they, when uh, Larson and Hiddleston confront him about uh, no, we shouldn't do this, some of the right. soldiers turn on him and they're like, yeah. no, you're, they're right, we shouldn't be doing this. Uh, but they're at the edge of what this where Kong's parents are pit. It's like the, the massive death right. pit. It's a mass grave. Uh, Larson yeah. compares it to a mass grave in Vietnam. Yep. And like, we shouldn't go in here. So, of course, Jackson insists to go in, and there's them walking through all the skeletons and stuff, and uh, they, they drop the smoke, and this is where we get the CG smoke moment. And mm-hmm. as fun as Hiddleston putting on a gas mask and grabbing the katana and slicing at these... It makes like, no sense, but I love it. it it's so ridiculous, <laughs> but I kind of like it too. Unfortunately, the yeah. CG smoke kind of ruined it for me because it felt super. Yeah. it felt super cheap. For just yeah. in a movie that's got a really good looking giant ape and other giant monsters, it's, it's a real shame that a moment like this looks super cheap, but it did. Uh, but that that was no. So that, that, we that, get his POV through the gas mask and some other little tricks that I think they were trying to hide as much as they could. So hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. That's actually when John Goodman beats it. He he gets killed. Yeah. Well, and he gets a he. So he's trying to take pictures, and his camera's not working. Because uh, there's something up with the Flash. Well, he gets eaten by one of the scroll crawlers, and you keep seeing the Flash go off. Yeah, through it gets, like the gut yeah, of the scroll crawler. It's pulsing inside his neck as he's swallowing him. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. Yeah. Oh, that you was can a nice to touch. see it through the smoke. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah, well, yeah, that sets up a really good little moment where, yeah, you you can see the Flash occasionally in the smoke, but you can't mm-hmm. see the monster, and that was a really right. good idea. Again, if the smoke didn't look like shit, <laughs> right. it might have worked a little bit better. But I, I appreciated the idea at least. Yeah, yeah. And he also, with Goodman, got this vibe. He was almost like Quint from Jaws, where he had experienced the island. That's how he knew about it. And he was like the only survivor, so he wanted to go back to prove to people that he wasn't crazy. Except he'd never actually uh, been there. Well, no, but so. He was on one of the boats, right? Where he was the only survivor. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there was that. And that's maybe implied that it was a Godzilla-related thing that was the boat. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So he, he wanted to prove and I, I get these that. creatures were out there. But, the, but the, whole, the whole thing here is that when he, when they actually see King Kong, he's like, oh, great, I'm not crazy. Like, he's even surprised he's right. Yeah. So I don't think that analogy quite works because... He, like, yeah, it's, it's almost like if Quint didn't know the shark existed. It's like if Quint went right. into the water and went, oh, shit, sharks are real. That's right. what this is like. Well, I I spaced on the the ship part. Yeah. I because later in the movie you see like the ship graveyard that are on the island. Yeah, and I kind of crossed the two up in my head. But yeah, you're right that it was out in the ocean. He was a survivor, but it still worked for me thinking he was kind of like that. He was driven by that, hmm. uh, not not so much by revenge, but his need to be proven right. Yeah, it was being proven right. It was. It was, it was also like, yeah, if we know about these monsters, we, you know, we can do something about it. Uh, right. Of course, this is before we realized some of them are guardians, some of them are protectors. Right. Uh, but which again, I like that it tied into Godzilla because that was the main point there. That mm. halfway through the movie, the military starts trying to stop Godzilla and let him do what he needs to do. Uh, and here, it ties that back in. I.e., the and, infamous moment that is now gift repeatedly. Let them yeah. fight. Fight, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know it has those ties to Godzilla with Monarch, and we'll get to that in a few. Mm. But uh, just the way that the movie started, even with the like montage of the Cold War from like 
World War II to the 70s. It was very reminiscent of the start of Godzilla, which I enjoyed. Yeah, because uh, Goodman even mentions the uh, 1954 nuke. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a test. They were trying to kill something. Like, you know, again, it ties right. into the... Uh, which, by the way, I still love that they use the, the release year of the original Godzilla as their yeah. thing. Because it, it almost feels it's, like they're saying that's part of the continuity, which is kind of yeah. cool. Well, yeah, it's smart. It's You're using you know, what people know about the original and building the story on that. And yeah. it doesn't take away from the original Gojira, you know, because it's still a parable about atomic power. And then you have the new one, which is, it has its own connotations. And then it even in Skull Island. But, yeah. And can we talk about that fight scene at the end that I was told by my wife three times to sit back in my chair? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was enjoying it a little too much. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty fun. Uh, especially yeah. when... So Larson gets knocked... Because basically Larson runs up a sort of cliff to signal the, the uh, to try and distract the skull crawler with the, the flare gun. Right. And then, well, actually, no, she shoots it to signal to other people, but then she shoots it at the, the skull crawler. She like kind of oh. helps out in the fight. Uh, yeah. And then the skull crawler ends up knocking her off uh, into the water. Uh, yep. And this is where Kong has his brief moment of like oh, saving the girl and holding her in yeah. his hand. Uh, is when he picks her up. But then he has but to continue the fight while still holding her and protecting holding her. her. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah and and I like that because it established they had a relationship just based off of the where she tried to lift the helicopter and then on the cliff face. So he knows who this lady is. Yeah. And he knows he, that she he, doesn't mean harm. Yeah. He sees her try to protect someone else and then try right. to help him. So when he sees right. her in trouble, he does. It's a very simple but effective relationship effective. that it's yeah. not it's platonic it's not right. i want to shove my giant kong dong in that <laughs> you know i loved you saying squirrel girl before <laughs> oh, I, have a, I have a new favorite <laughs> kong dong uh, kong dong but yeah and that, that was my main problem with the peter jackson version is he really doubled it doubles down on that yeah he really it went it for very it very hard to watch i parts. Honestly, my biggest problem with the, the, the Jackson version is it's so decompressed. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie's two hours long. Jackson's is close to three. Perfect. Yeah, and this is a perfect length for the movie. Because you never feel like, alright, let's get on to the next thing. Yeah. It's I, I'd actually argue it could maybe use... An, well. I could use, I think it could use maybe an extra 10, 15 minutes for yeah. the characters. For, just for some character stuff. Just Because mm-hmm. I almost... I almost feel like in a reaction to that Peter Jackson movie that was like, you know, it was like 40 minutes before you even got to the goddamn island in that movie. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like how quickly they got onto those choppers and were towards that island. Like, you know, 15, 20 yeah. minutes into the movie were hitting the island and it, it sped through it so much. It was effective. I mean, it, it did what it needed to do. And one of the things I liked about how it introduced each character in terms of like a, just a stylistic point of view is that each one felt like they had their own sort of colour like when we're interested in Brie Larson she's in a red room developing photos so it's yeah. bathed in red instantly a different person when we meet Samuel L. Jackson it's on a military base everything's sort of that dark murky green again yeah. very signalling of who he is uh, Hiddleston's in a, a bar in Taiwan blue. Or, yeah, like, very blue. that neon bluish yeah. colour to it it, it very much it sets up your main three or four players you've already, you've already yeah. met John Goodman he's the one driving the force and yeah. he's like bringing people together and then it sets up everyone else with these colours almost. And it's very, very quick and it's very effective. Uh, but I, I would almost give a, just a little bit more time just to the characters so that they may feel a bit more rounded out because they do feel a little bit light. But it isn't, yeah. isn't too much of a detriment to the movie. Uh, yeah, and so I'm thinking maybe if there's a director's cut, it does add 10 minutes. I think mm-hmm. it does kind of does uh, add, add things to it instead of just giving this one just to give it. Yeah. You know how they sometimes do that, director's cuts? Yeah, here's the extra things we shot and we didn't like very much, but we'll put them back in yeah. for the, the disc, because why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we charge you more for it. Did you enjoy the Samuel Jackson repeating his line from Jurassic Park? I did. Uh, my wife nudges me. That's one of her favorite films as well. Mm. And hold on to your butts. And even even his character can kind of be boiled down to have had it with this mother effing ape on this mother effing <laughs> island. You know, and even his death when he gets stomped on, just about to say "mother effer." Yeah, yeah. You know, George. Funny actually, it's PG thirteen, right? And it's got the one f bomb. I thought yeah. the one f bomb they had was a really weird f bomb. Like, if yeah. you've only got one in your movie, 
right? It's a really John C. Riley just kind of drops it in the middle of a sentence, and it doesn't add any impact. It just feels like no. he's grumbling, and I'm like, surely you save it for the big moment with Samuel L. Jackson or something like that. Yeah. Like maybe right. not that specific Although line. I, yeah, but I did I did like when he gets stopped right in the middle. He goes out as yeah oh, as he should. That said, you, you, you can't actually say what he was going to say in a PG-13 though, because that that's right. in a sexual context. As right. weird as that sounds, you're not allowed to use it in a sexual right. context uh, in a movie for right. some reason. Uh, on a PG-13, I mean, obviously you can but, already yeah. do it, but, say what you want. Uh, in, in that last fight, it was cool to see Kong using weapons, you know, using tools. Like oh, yeah. He grabs his own style. Yeah, he grabs a tree and like just sort of like shreds it off all the branches, so it's just a spear. Uh, just a spear and a bat, and he's just whacking the giant uh, skull crawler. He gets bogged down in that ship graveyard. Ends up using the the propellers on the chains from the anchors. Oh yeah, because that's, that's the thing. Yeah, because the the monsters like attacking the others, whereas Kong's yeah. like chained down because like, all the, he's, he's like yeah. tied down with the chains of this the ship. And then he he, he finally mm-hmm. gets out and he realizes, oh wait, there's a propeller at the end of this this chain, and he starts swinging <laughs> it and like hitting hitting the monster in the oh, face and stuff. That's good fun. As, like, as a as a yeah. I, 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 I think ultimately, if I'm going to take something away from this, is that the monster fighting stuff is great. Uh, it's really good. Although I did want to see him, you know, do the Kong thing that we've seen in just about every other Kong movie, where he snaps the jaws. Ah, uh, but you see, Godzilla kind of just did it, and it, it would feel. I know, and that was the main thing. But I just, I just went to Universal Studios Hollywood, and I did their Kong, you know, ride through where you interact with it, and he saves you from the T Rexes, and he does it there. So it's like, well, that's like his thing. Godzilla got the even cooler atomic breath version too, you know. Oh yeah. But he could have done that one of the little ones. He didn't have to do it on the big one. But again, it's it's a minor thing. I'm not. It was that, and the scroll collar designs were a little bit weird, but memorable because they're they're all upper body with this weird tail, the, you know. And I just yeah, uh, they were kind of. I like parts of the design for the skull crawler. I feel yeah. like the front of them was a little bit generic, but the yeah. the overall design was at least kind of like a sort of, sle- sort of snaky, stealthy kind of thing going on yeah. for it that kind of worked. Uh, yeah. But they they did remind me a little bit of the Mutos, which, by the way, uh, Goodman does uh, say the acronym uh, when he's describing yeah. uh, stuff to Jackson. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So they set up all this stuff where, yeah, monsters are under the earth uh, who have been there, ancient beings, blah, 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 blah. Godly, all the rest of it. Uh, I will say the movie... I'm about to go to the post-credits scene, which is why I'm, I'm just going to talk about the ending first. Uh, oh, you're good. You're good. I think the ending is a little bit weird in that it just kind of fades and goes to credits. Mm-hmm. Uh we don't even like. I, th- I think we see like maybe a shot of the helicopters coming towards the island that are going to rescue them. Yeah. But we don't actually yeah. see the characters that have been, you know, that have been trying to fight their way off the island the whole time. Right. Once Kong beats the uh, the Muto, right? It's fine. We're, we're, we're done. <laughs> uh, well, it does, and then it ends with Kong kind of in a triumphant type of stance, right? Oh yeah, he wanders, and then the helicopters it, come. Yeah, he wanders off and he, he does his yeah. chest beating and all the right. rest of it, and then. He basically yeah, just goes and then the movie ends. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a slight uh, like during credit sequence with there. Uh, we see yeah. John, John C. Riley throughout the movie talks about how he, he was married just before he left for World War Two. He had she a son. Pregnant. Yeah, he's never met his son, who will now be like in his thirties. Uh, yeah. And how he wants to see the Cubs win the World Series, which is a funny joke given that we know it didn't happen for another yeah. forty, yeah. fifty just years. Just happened. Yeah. 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 2016. It took until 2016 for that to happen. Yeah. That character's long dead by the time we get to Cubs yeah. winning the World Series, the poor bastard. Yeah. Uh, so we get this weird black and white sort of home video looking footage of him getting home in the 70s and his wife, despite being 30 years, is still single. Uh, so good on her for yeah. holding out hope. She, she held out. Yeah. <laughs> Different generation. Different generation. She wasn't moving on. Yeah, sure. And her, the son still lives at home, which is maybe a little bit disappointing as he's coming. But he never had a father figure though, so maybe his his development's been. Or he's or he's there hanging out with mom because she's by herself. You know. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, she's, a, she's a poor depressed old woman. Yeah. I didn't say that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so yeah, so that was nice, and he talked about how he just you know he fantasized about having a cold beer and a hot dog watching the Cubs play at Wrigley. And then so he gets home and 
that's what he grabs is he's got a hot dog in one hand and a cold beer in the other. It was funny though. He oh. watches it on TV, and I was sort of snickering yeah. to myself, thinking when he left, they they probably didn't own a TV. No, it was World War Two. Like, he probably listened on the radio. Yeah, it was uh, the the know? wireless even was. Yeah. Uh, what it was called at the time. So yeah. e- even just having a TV would have been like, oh, we have. What's this? We have movie yeah. screens at home. What? Yeah, because yeah, because he goes down in forty four, and yeah. he's there in seventy four. Yeah, he missed TV. Yeah, T- TV just came in. That's that's like someone from like the early eighties been shown the internet for the first time, and like what? You can get porn on this. Yeah, that's funny. Oh dear. Anyway, so post credit scene, which I was looking forward to, because obviously I'm thinking, right, they're going to tease Godzilla or some stuff, and we we and we know the characters got off the island because it's uh, Larson and Hiddleston in a room, and it's the oh. it's the two scientists who who were with them, who mm-hmm. were the sort of relatable characters who were nice, you know, the uh, yeah. black guy and Asian girl who seemed to have a bit of a flirtation, but again, we never had the yeah. sappy romance, so that was nice. Uh, yeah, but that was they, nice. they came in and. What's funny about this is the characters from Godzilla I don't necessarily expect to ever see again because it felt so circumstantial they were involved. Whereas these yeah. two, except for the fact that it'll probably be set present day so they'd be much older so they'd have different actors. I feel like these characters could show up again because it feels like they're going to be part yeah. of the the, the, corp, you know, the, the, the the movement, the company that tracks this. Yeah, the monarch. The monarch. And, but anyway, so these, char- these scientist characters come in who are now running monarch and they, they sit down with them and it's like, yeah, the... the there's more monsters, by the way, and they show them some slides, and I was not expecting the teases that I was about to see here. So it's basically, uh, it's like cave drawings or something like that, like yeah. uh, like illustrations from ancient times. And yeah. I was like, wait, that looks like Rodin. That looks like Mothra. That's King Ghidorah. That is King oh, Goddamn man. Ghidorah. And then the last one's like uh, Ghidorah f- uh, fighting Godzilla, and Godzilla's got like his atomic breath, and I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, now you know, yeah, you know all of these, right? Like yeah. you're you're a Godzilla fanboy. How much bigger is King Ghidorah than Godzilla? Like he's massive, right? He, he's not really that much taller, but no, he's definitely but he's, wider. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's got three heads. That are all long. Okay. He shoots like uh, electric breath. I'll call it. Mm. Uh, he has this okay. high pitched noise that he makes uh, as he's flying. He's got big sort of bat like wings on. Well, not maybe not bat. Maybe more gargoyle esque wings. Right. Uh, he, he's oh, he's badass. I almost like as much as I think he is in Godzilla too. I almost kind of think he should come back or they should save him for Godzilla vs King Kong because he's the one that I can buy as the villain that takes both of them because he's he's the yeah. he's the real deal Ghidorah's the big bad yeah he's the big bad that, that's the Thanos if you will ah you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah so I I see all of these and I just I go oh Peter must have oh I was had a, had a I, day because obviously, sometimes we're so used to sitting for these end credit scenes for Marvel movies, and they kind of are just underwhelming now to me. Where I'm like, yeah, it was a little tease, that was fine. Whereas this was like, oh man, big budget Ghidorah. I cannot wait to see big budget yeah. Ghidorah. Like, yeah, because when we finally got to see Godzilla, he looked great yeah. in, in his movie. Yeah, well, so. What does Ghidorah in a 200 plus million dollar movie look like? I can't wait to find well, out. <laughs> All, all three heads, wings, like oh dear, man. And plus, then you'll have Mothra and Rodan, uh, probably in the next movie because it is called King of All Monsters. Yeah, I, I, I think Ghidorah's in it as well. I, I think it's okay. Uh, I can see Ghidorah coming back for the other one. I can see them all coming back. Honestly, I, 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 yeah. I, by the time that we get to the end of Godzilla vs King Kong, I can see like all four heroic monsters like facing Ghidorah at the end. Uh, right. but no, nah, uh, post credit scene was uh, I mean I enjoyed the movie but the post credit scene was hype like that was, that was pretty great yeah. well it's also got a great setup with Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston where they're like in this interrogation room and he's like okay I'm not going to tell the Russians anything and I'm just like I'm going to tell them everything so it's just it's also some nice little character stuff and then it's revealed that it's Monarch and whatnot. So yeah, I, it's just it leaves on it leaves you on a really high note, even with the Godzilla 
roar, that's what it leaves you with as yeah, the screen goes back. Yeah, it cussed the black and you hear Godzilla's roar, which was, again, very exciting for me. Uh, I, I do... I, I could see these characters coming back. I don't know if we're going to get another movie that's set in the 70s or whatever where they could yeah. get the actors back. I don't know if... We, I don't need it, but they could. You don't need it. I'd, I'd like to, and it's done in the same tone of the pulpy, you know, and then you let Godzilla do the heavy lifting of, you know, of not being pulpy, of being like a sci-fi more kind of deal. Well, Does that makes sense. I, I think ultimately we have to end here with a bit of a comparison between the, the two. Yeah. Because uh, obviously there's part of the same universe. Uh, I, I really like the Godzilla movie that came out in 2014. Some people don't. Some people have their complaints. So that's fine. You're wrong. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> but no, nah, I, I think I... I like Godzilla a bit more between the two, and mainly because I like how mythic that movie feels. You know, like the, just think of that moment where you first see him in full, and you hear that chanting in yeah. the in the music. It, uh, yeah. And then again, it, you know, later on when San Francisco has been taken over by the monsters and the soldiers are descending, and I've said this before, yeah. but it's, it's like they're descending into hell. It feels truly, yeah. truly apocalyptic when they're falling into that into mm. that city. Uh, and I, I really, that's very operatic. Whereas this was more pulpy and uh, sort yeah. of. I think, and I think each of these, each of those two movies speak to our sensibilities more. Mm. Whereas I enjoyed this one more because it is right up my alley of the adventure and Kong. I'm a Kong guy. I like that and... they feel different though. Like they've got the exactly feeling to them. And and that's why I don't want to say like like. Of course, I enjoyed this one more than the other because, but I like them both. So if they want to keep making these in the same kind of style where they can be different and still play in to everything, knock yourselves out because I'm going to enjoy them all. Do you know what thing is? I've seen people who don't like Kong and I've seen people who don't like Godzilla. You know, they, they both have a fair amount of detractors yeah. and I think what I'm really discovering with this is that I think for people who like monster movies, for the most part, obviously some people maybe take, some some like hardcore monster fans might not like them for X, Y, and Z reasons, but right. I, I feel like most for the most part, if you like monster movies, you're enjoying these. And if you think yeah. monster movies are stupid, you're not. You're you're thinking they're still stupid, and you're not getting them. I mean, you're you're oh, the characters are shit, and you're not. And I, I feel like people who do enjoy monster movies though, are getting a lot out of them. They're getting a lot out of this big yeah. budget uh, versions of them. Uh, I certainly am. So that's that's nice. As am I. So as am I. Uh, and we can all agree it's still better than the '98 Godzilla movie. So. Loves. Like, <laughs> which we which we could be reliving and having you know big blockbuster, not interesting, you know. No. So, the fact that they are trying with these is I enjoy. So whether yeah. you like monster movies or not, they are making an effort, and, and I appreciate. That. And obviously, this one doesn't end with them bringing Kong back and him being in New York, which they couldn't do because obviously that usually ends in Kong's death, and they're wanting to build up a shared universe where Kong comes back. So yeah. it's just all on the island, and at the end, Kong's there triumphant, and we'll see him again. So that's yeah. obviously a big difference between that and the the older versions of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so no, I am looking forward to Godzilla Two, which is supposed to be out next year if I remember yeah. correctly. And then Godzilla yeah. vs. King Kong's met be 2020, which is... Yep. Honestly, I'm terrified that we're talking about movies coming out in 2020. It's yeah, I know. I try not to think about it too much. Making me feel goddamn old. That's what that's doing. <laughs> um, but no, uh, no, fun, pulpy, not super deep. Certainly don't go in and expect... But yeah. I don't think it's... I also don't think it's insulting. It's not like a Roland Emmerich movie where you're no. like, oh man, this is so dumb. Like, this is... Uh, yeah, it's it's not insulting. It's just it's a good time. It's it's personally why I like to go to the theaters is to see stuff like this. Is you get wrapped up in it, and again, my my wife's telling me to sit back like I'm a you know eight year old in in my seat. You know, but I, I'm just I, so excited. I think that's a really good way of uh, saying it, though. If if you can let your inner child get giddy about the giant monsters beating each other up. If if you're a fan of Power Rangers, and it's, hey, Power Rangers coming soon, we'll get which, to that. Yeah, and we got a trailer for that too, which most of the adults in the audience got more excited than the kids, which that just cracked me up. Because that's, that's where we're at now. Yeah, but I I, th- I think legitimately though, like if if you grew up watching Power Rangers, and specifically the Zords versus the monsters, because that was very kaiju. Yeah. I mean, that footage even came from Japan. That, that That's what that stuff is. Yeah. Oh, you're exactly. Mike's going, Matt. 
Uh, like so, if you grew up with that, and I think if you enjoyed that stuff, I think the inner child and a lot of his uh, inner generation can appreciate that in these movies. And if you if you're if you're down for that pulpy campier stuff, uh, I, th- I think Kong's a good time. It doesn't reinvent the wheel. It's not an amazing movie. I would never overrate it beyond what it is, but Mm-mm. it's solid as as it as it is. Uh, and between this and Logan, 2017 is already having a better year for blockbusters oh. than last year was. For reals. By yeah. quite a margin. So, yeah. uh, so there you go. That's that's Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Kong is Kong is king. No, uh, I believe there's a giant lizard who will have something oh, to say well, about that. Well, as someone pointed out to me, Kong might be a king, but Godzilla is a god. So we'll. We'll also, see how that goes. Matt, if, if you do recall, uh, Godzilla colon King of the Monsters. We'll see where it goes. Kong, Kong is the king of that island oh, and those people. That little island, that tiny little island. That's what he's king of. Godzilla is the king of everything. Godzilla's just been doing it longer. It's fine. I was going to make a sports analogy, but I'm not. I don't need to. Uh, I think you'll find that Kong's been around since '33. And Godzilla came in in '54. Uh, so. I'm talking this new incarnation. Like he's mm. he's got you know he's got some some titles under his belt, you know. Mm. But we'll, we'll we'll see. I just I want it to become the ultimate tag team match where they you know go from you guys are fighting to we have to team up. You know we don't yeah. like each other, but we're gonna beat that guy up. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt it will at the end. But I, right. I am firmly team Zilla until the, the team up happens. <laughs> and I'm firmly team Kong, which we discussed when we. Did uh, Godzilla? So yeah. uh, I I I do think um, the fight should be interesting though because I think Godzilla's bigger and slower. Kong's a bit more agile, and yep. we can see how that that plays out. But anyway, yep. that's Kong. Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, uh, next week Matt and Connor will be talking about Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, because uh, I'm not seeing that. No, so thank you. <laughs> None of that for me. Thank you very much. And then the week after that, we do have Power Rangers uh, coming up. So that's the next couple of weeks. And then I think me and Connor are doing Ghost in the Shell the week after yep. that. So there's a line of movies coming out that are worth worth talking about. So uh, stuff coming up. So uh, let us know what you thought of Kong in the comments below. Uh, if you liked it, disliked it, so on. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot if you do that. Uh, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. You can get me on Twitter at wibble89. You can get Matt on Twitter at Matt of Steel 57 uh, But no, that's us, guys. Keep watching movies, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>